Ever wonder what lies behind every thriving business? Well, in this show, that's what we explore. Throughout my experience, I have found that every entrepreneur's journey is a tale of dreams, sacrifice, and relentless adaptation to make those dreams come true. So let's jump right in on this episodic adventure into entrepreneurship, Small Business Chronicles. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Small Business Chronicles brought to you by Titan Digital. Speaking of Titan Digital, I have Mr. Cash Miller sitting across from me uh, a couple states away uh, to join me on the podcast today. Say hi, Cash. Hello, everyone. Uh, Cash is the CEO and founder of Titan Digital, and he has a very good story. I've got to visit with this man on quite a few occasions, and I figured to have him on my podcast. He hosts a sister podcast to this one called Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. It's a weekly installment where he gathers up the uh, best marketing masters in the country and sets down and talks to them. Uh, So, Cash, why marketing? What brought you to the marketing field? Um. It's a kind of a weird story, you know, like when I was in high school, uh, you know, you take business classes and things like that. And one of the things that I took at that time actually was a marketing class. Um, it was, uh, I was part of a group called DECA, which is a, like national organization and ended up, you know, doing marketing related things. I got a chance to do like a national competition and stuff. And then afterwards, totally left marketing. Would have never figured, you know, like did that in school, but that wasn't my future is how I was seeing it. Um, I'm a military vet. So I ended up you know, a couple of stints in the army. And during my second one, uh, I had run a business. I wanted to like share all the you know knowledge I kind of accumulated. This is like back in 2007. Uh, and through that knowledge, it was, um, you know, it's kind of all the mistakes and such. So I started, you know, I wrote a bunch of content and before content marketing was a thing, put it online, built a website for it and said, okay, how do I get traction? How do I get people to visit? You know, what do I have to do? And so I found SEO, you know, search engine optimization, started going through that. And I, I am totally self-taught, ended up, you know, going piece by piece, learning the ins and outs. And then, you know, I fast forward to 2011. And at that point, I had people asking me how to do that. And, you know, SEO is a piece of digital marketing. You know, so it was like, hey, you know, people are asking me taking on, you know, can I take on freelance work and stuff? So I get near the, you know, end of my contract, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do as my future? Maybe I could sell SEO. Maybe I could make this work, start an agency. And I really didn't know anything, you know, at the time about the agency field. I'd never worked for an advertising agency. You know, I had done plenty of schooling, marketing, um, things like that, had a previous business. And of course you had to market that and I knew how to sell things and such. But yeah, so I said, maybe I can do the SEO thing. And over the years, you know, I've now been at this like 12 years as an agency owner and longer than that, you know, in the field, you know, over time, the business evolved. It was, you know, first I'm doing SEO, then I'm adding in websites. Now I'm learning Facebook marketing. Now I'm learning, you know, the rest of social media and programmatic advertising and such. And it really is a fascinating field. So as you learn one thing, you know, how it kind of leads to another. And then now you want to know this, you know, and that, and you keep going, you know? So for me, 
marketing is something, while my education had uh, a lot of leanings on it, you know, it was the doing and trial by fire that really taught me. Now, now let's back up and do some follow-up. You said you were a military veteran. Yes. I, I remember a story that you told me one time, and I want you to tell the stories. Didn't you start doing SEO while you were deployed? Yeah. So initially, okay, I wrote a lot of content. And, you know, it was all small business advice, marketing articles, accounting articles, whatever. You know, however, like all the different things to run your business. Yeah. A lot of it was don't do these things. You know, don't make this mistake. Don't make this mistake. Yeah. But... Once you've written enough, you really kind of burn out on it. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I started contacting business coaches that I had found their content online. And I would contact them and I would say, hey, I'll give you a link to your website if I can publish your article. You know, and they would say yes and such. And eventually some of them, um, even one of them to this day is a friend of mine. And they said, hey, could you help us? We're willing to pay you. And I'm like, okay, sure. You know, take a little side money and whatnot. I've got a full-time job. And what happened though is, is I started bringing a few of them on and I got deployed. I'd already been to like Iraq when I actually started. You know, the website um, that I started and all that content I had done while I was in Iraq. I come home, some of them start asking me. I actually landed a mergers and acquisitions uh, company as a client. I was, act, I was doing paid ads for them. You know, so I'm running paper, uh, paper click campaigns, like my first ever one. And I'm like, well, my unit's getting deployed to Afghanistan. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can keep doing that from Afghanistan as long as I can get my hands on a computer. You know, so they didn't have a clue. None of my clients, a few of them had, had an idea that I was like, this is a side thing. That particular one didn't. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bring this up. I'm seeing, you know, trying to learn from it, right? So how did you manage being deployed and hiding? I guess hiding would not be the right word, but I, I, I've not been in the military like you. So I imagine that you have regimented this, you're overseas, computers, internet is probably not the easiest thing to get a hold of. So how, how did you make that? That's what interests me is how did you make that work? Because that's going to take a little bit of determination, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so this was like 2010. And in 2010, like, of course, the internet's everywhere, but we didn't have, like we do now, hotspots on our cell phones and things like that. So when you deployed, the military had MWRs, you know, for morale and welfare and recreation, you know, centers. And in those centers, you would have um, computer terminals and stuff. They'd have banks, you know, of desktop computers, and those would have internet connections. You know, so in my off time, I could go find one of those computers, You sometimes waiting in line to be able to use one to get on for 30 minutes and stuff like that. Um, the post I was at, uh, I was lucky enough that I was um, in charge of our fuel depot. And so I made my own schedule pretty much. I had a, you know, somebody work for me and everything. And I was able to kind of take a break whenever I needed to. Um, so I would go and I would go find the, you know, the terminal. I would get in, you know, log into my Google account. I would do my tweaks on the ads. I would do some studying, learn more, figure out what's work, you know, working and not working and such. Um, and I kept doing it that way. The weird thing that came up was that, you know, mostly I would correspond through email. So they didn't know I was in the military. Yeah. And, but there was a point where that client, they wanted to have a phone call with me. 
you know, just to, it was a check-in call. How are we doing? Can you break some of this stuff down? Because I was sending reports and stats and everything. And I'm like, uh, okay, how do I, like, you know, because this wasn't, you know, this was before, like, internet calling was a regular thing and such. You know, so you really couldn't get on the computer and have a screen and all that. Um, so I'm like, okay, I've actually got to find a phone because I didn't have a phone. You know, we would use the computer, you know, terminals and, and we'd use the phone banks and stuff. Yeah, and have calling cards, you know, to call back. So I'm like, okay, that's an issue. Um, and the time that they wanted, okay? So Afghanistan's like way ahead on the time zone and such. And I ended up having to call them at like 11 o'clock at night. I got with a buddy. I said, hey, that I knew had a satellite phone. And I'm like, can I borrow your phone? And this is like at five bucks or 10 bucks a minute. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, stupid expensive. But... He let me use his phone. I made that call, talked to him for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. The buddy that let me use the phone never actually asked me to pay the bill. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but I'm That's like, fair. okay. Yeah, and I went over the account and stuff. And, you know, and it was a great learning experience, but it's also, you know, in business, you got to be adaptable. You know, you have to be able to, you know, think quickly. And, and that was an instance where I really had to think quickly. And they still never, never once did they figure out that I was, to, you know, actually in the military. That, 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 that's amazing to me because I see a lot of entrepreneurs out there and they're working and they let things get in their way of, of, of starting their business and doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And here you are, you're deployed, you're over countries, you're in at 2010, I'm guessing it wasn't exactly safe over there. And, no. uh, and and so you're borrowing satellite phones and taking up your rec time and all this other stuff just mm-hmm. just to motivate your business along and I, I just so you know I admire that about you you've told me that story before and I wanted to make sure and get that out today because I'm like man if he can go through that and do the thing then then yeah. you know that yeah and I get to the point where it's okay it's time to get out and I can go home and stuff and it's like what am I going to do and I'm like I'd run a previous business, but that one I had inherited from my father. I had taken it over when he passed away. And so, you know, this was a case of, can I start from scratch? You know, I feel like at this point I've been, you know, studying SEO and understanding it and, you know, learning how it's sold. And, and let me be clear, I had done everything else that was like digital marketing related to some extent, affiliate marketing and, you know, any number of things. And it was everything was trial and error. Do it, see if it works. If it doesn't, I, at the time, like I knew that when I got out, I had like a six month runway to be able to make it work. And that was it. And I was going so far, like, so I could put some money in my pocket that, um, I, at one point, owned about 300 websites, and I was flipping them. Yeah, they were, they were all internet directories, every one of them. We had this, like, thing down pat. I found this uh, website called Flippo, which is for selling, buying and selling websites. And I had bought a directory thinking, hey, I can make some advertising dollars, you know, off of it. Yeah, you can't make any advertising dollars on those things. But what I learned was other people were willing to buy the websites, and I figured out how they were, like, like stoking the traffic really quick. And so I would get people that would buy the website, you know, like I would, I would set up a brand new one. I had a WordPress theme that was a directory. I'd install it. We'd take the database from another one that was already built out. We'd load it in and we would end up um, juicing the traffic by putting the link to the directory some, you know, a few places. And then I would flip around, you know, turn around and I would sell it to somebody else, you know, and I would make like a hundred bucks. 
But if you did enough of them, you know, it was extra, you know, money in my pocket while I made the real thing work, you know, and eventually I, I actually managed to sell them all off. Yeah. So, you know, and it was just something that I saw somebody else doing, you know, I was like, okay, it's a few dollars and I had somebody doing it, you know, part of it for me and I would just split it with them. Yeah. But it was, you know, in business, you like, you got to do whatever you got to do until you get traction, you know? So the longer you can hold on, the better chance you're going to have of getting traction. So, so that kind of leads me to my next question is, uh, it, what, what came first, your doubt that you were going to do this or the moment where you're like, I'm going to do this? Um, <laughs> I guess it would be, it's the moment. Okay. So you get, I had the moment I was going to do this because I was in the middle of moving from Colorado to Tennessee. So I'm going to move my family. I went out and I got an office, you know, right out the gate. Cause I said, I can't work at home. I need to be totally focused on this. So I found myself a place. I said, look, I've got commitments. Not only do I got to pay my own bills, I got to pay, now I got a business, right? And I got to pay those bills. So it's like this moment of clarity. The doubt part came when I'm two months in and I hadn't landed a client. You know, I'm not even one. That's got to be rough. That, it, that's it really be is. Rough. Yeah, I'm like two months in and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, and I'm, and, and so I took a moment and I, uh, I kind of assessed my approach, like what, because I was joining networking groups and stuff and I was meeting people and I was doing the things and, and I th I'm personally of the belief, you try to lean into your strength. So I'm not great at, let me walk into a room with a hundred people that I've never met. Right. So I went the networking group route. You know, I joined a BNI group and, I, and knowing that, Hey, if I walk in day, you know, every week, you know, once after another, after another, I will get to know these people, but I'm a couple of months in and I'm like, okay, I know these people now, but this still isn't working. I'm not getting the referrals. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting clients. So I decided, I reevaluated how I was approaching everything. And I said, you know, this thing is all about getting like one-on-one -on -one conversations and stuff. And while I've had a few meetings, I haven't taken it seriously enough. Uh, and what I needed to do is be targeted in my approach. So what I started to do was, and remember like, you know, yeah, I'm an online marketer, but I'm brand new. So I'm still working on the online side to be able to get leads and things that takes time. So when you're running an agency or any business, if you're not willing to put yourself out there in some form or fashion, you know, to go to them, you're probably going to fail because if you're going to wait for people to come around, forget it. You know, eventually it will happen, but that can take a long time. And then eventually it's a regular thing. You know, so you, you have to early. kind of find that level between aggression, uh, being aggressive while you're selling and then letting it develop. Yeah. So the develop part can take a year or more in any business, you know, especially as, you know, if you're in a very competitive landscape, you know, for me, it was somewhat competitive, but also it was, you know, 2011. So it was also really new for what we were doing. Digital marketing was still, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. It was a thing without a doubt. And it'd been around for, you know, five, six years, but you would still run into people that didn't know what SEO was or anything. Now everybody seems to know, right? And everybody and their mother's an expert. Um, so at the time, <laughs> you know, when I, when I decided I needed to reevaluate my approach, I, I said, okay, how do I go? I need 
I need better conversations. I need more conversations. And I said, okay, the groups are my strength, you know, so that's not a problem. And I'm okay if I go into groups that I have something in common with them. So what I started to do was every time I would have the meeting, um, I would go to the meeting and I would have already picked out a couple of targets that I, even though I've met these people before, I said, these are the people I'm going to invite out to coffee. And then I need to have coffee, you know, with them so I can learn about their business. But the targets were people I thought I could help. Okay. I didn't start with the people that I thought I was going to get me a referral. I went after the ones that I thought could be clients because then I could have that deeper, more in-depth conversation with them about their business. And then I took it a, a step further. So in where I live in Murfreesboro, we had a Wednesday group and I was a member. Well, if you're a member of BNI, you know, so I kind of read the rules and I started researching other groups because when you're a member of BNI, you can only be a member of one group, but you can substitute for people in other groups. So I started getting strategic. There was a gr group on Thursday and I contacted a few of the people and I said, if you ever need a sub, call me. Okay. And I offered a sub and then I showed up and I would give the pitch and I said, if anybody else in this room needs a sub, call me. Okay. And then I started targeting them for coffee meetings. Yeah. And because they didn't have a marketing person and stuff. So I said, okay, now all of these people are ripe, you know, for me to go after and which ones are my strategic targets. And I started getting clients that way. Yeah. And then I said, okay, how many other BNI groups are, you know, in the uh, middle Tennessee area, and I found there was about 20, and I started reaching out to them, and I said, look, I'm already a member, but I'm trying to expand my network. Can I show up at your meeting? You know, once or twice, do you mind? And they'd be like, sure, come on out. And I would just make sure I'm not stepping on somebody's toes that's in the area already. But then when I went to that meeting, I already knew my targets. I'd have four or five people that I wanted to try to introduce myself to that I knew could be clients and if I had a bigger list, I might not get to them all, but I'd always have targets, you know, because there was at least, you know, if a group has 20 people, I might be able to do business with five or 10 of them. So I would have some figured out. And once I started getting strategic like that, I started getting clients, you know, and once that first one, kind of like the, the fever broke after that two months, I had the next one a week later. Yeah. And then it followed. And by the time I got to, it was like June of 2011, when I got my first client, I started the business in April. So by October, I had my first employee. Yeah, because once I got that fever to break, but I had to be a lot more strategic about it. You know, I was like, I'm not. And that's, how, that, that's one of the things I've, you know, like really learned in marketing. Be very strategic about what you're doing. Look at how things can be expanded upon, you know, and how they interrelate and such. So I, I have a follow-up here for you. Two months is a long time to go without a client. I mean, it, it, it really is because that's that's about 60 nights of laying there going, am I doing the right thing? That's mm -hmm. that that 60 days of getting up and banging your head against the wall, want, wondering if you're doing the right thing, what wondering if you yep. should give up. So what was it that made you not give up in that two months? That 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 seems to be a challenge for a lot of people out there. I had a wife, two kids, and I have was the only one paying bills. That's what, <laughs> you know, so it was desperation. Okay. But also it's, um, you know, some people that are entrepreneurs, okay. Not everybody's cut out to be one. There are a lot of heartaches and there's a lot of headaches and, you know, that comes with it. You know, you, like I say you almost lived with, with a bottle of Pepto, you know, in your desk, um, because there's a lot of heartburn to it. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's ups and downs and 
entrepreneurs learn that they can handle it. And I always knew that if I could get through that first part, if I could get traction from there, it's no problem. Yeah, I can make it work because I had already run a business. Okay, the difference between and and my previous business had been 20, uh, like 25 employees, I was burned out is why I didn't continue to do it. And it was a very hard type of business. Um, and so I just personally didn't. And so this just starting again was totally different. The difference between the two was whether I could take something from the ground up versus something that's handed to me. When it was handed to me, I had two people working for me and I turned it into 20, you know, or 25. Um, and I was, you know, doing, uh, you know, huge projects and stuff for like, I lived in Las Vegas. So I was doing, you know, casinos and restaurant remodels and stuff. And it was great. It was just, it, I burned out because of the type of people I had to deal with on a daily basis and the struggles. It's a whole different world, right? You know, it's a uh, very labor intensive, you know, blue collar stuff. Um, but so I knew that if I could get that initial traction that I could make the rest work, but I had to get past that, that first hurdle. And that hurdle was, I have no revenue. That's not the case when I, you know, took over the first business, we had revenue and stuff and I could pay myself and whatnot. And so it was a, whatever I became. So if I could get over that hurdle, I knew I could make the rest work. I could actually grow it, you know, but that first hurdle. So knowing that, you know, like kind of the light at the end of the tunnel or the other side of the rainbow, knowing that you can get there, like you, you've seen what it looks like. So, you know, if you have people like entrepreneurs that have started multiple businesses, a lot of the times they're more successful at the second or third one because of what they went through though for the first one. And they know what the other side looks like. They know a lot of the steps they need to, you know, get there and they know how to deal with it once it's there. They just got to figure out that first hurdle. And that was the challenge. And if I could keep myself motivated and, it, and once you start seeing a little bit of success, you get the first client, suddenly it's like, oh, I can do this. You know, or that first customer. Now, okay, can I do it again? Yes, I can. And then you start building some momentum. You know, from there, keep doing what you're doing, figure out new ways, you know, to grow it further. One of the things I always like to hear from entrepreneurs is, is what is your personal cost for your dedication? There's a lot of professional mm -hmm. costs, but what is your personal cost for your dedication? Um, you know, personal cost, uh, besides, you know, like my wife nagging me that, and saying I'm a workaholic, which I disagree <laughs> with, uh, th there can be uh, personal cost, but I think you can balance, okay? So I ask my, I have two kids and I ask myself this all the time is like, you know, cause now they're teenagers. My son's gonna be starting his senior year in high school and I'm like, have I done enough for them? You know, have I spent the time with them? And I think for the most part I have. Now, occasionally, yes, I've had to be taken away, you know, and that could be with any kind of, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur in the military, I spent way more time away than I ever did, you know, as a business owner, you know, so the personal cost, some of it is your own, okay? Um, it can be things like relationships, certainly. It can put strains on them depending on how much time you're working and things like that, and it's definitely put strains on, you know, mine at times. Um, the other is you gotta watch your health, you know, if, you know, being a business owner, like I say, you keep to keep a bottle of Pepto around. You know, they are, it is very high stress depending on the situation. 
know, and I've hit moments that it's like, my God, why am I doing this? You know, because you just deal with, you know, certain things and you get past those moments, you know, or you decide that I'm just, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, and sometimes you feel like both. I've been, I've been in places where I can get past that. And sometimes it's like, why, why am I doing this? You know? And so you do question yourself a little bit once in a while. Um, it's a matter of how you deal with the moments, you know, and a lot of the time, you know, with anything, and this is anything in life, you can, you just approach burnout, you know, so you have to find, you know, that personal cost. Part of it is, is how do you recharge yourself? How do you find motivation to do it, especially the longer you do anything? Yeah, you know, that's can always be a real challenge because people get tired of what they're doing. It's why, you know, most people don't stay either in a job or they don't have a, you know, gone are those days that, you know, where a lot of people would be at a company for 20 years or something like that. So that personal cost usually is, yeah, it can be health related, you know, because of stress and things like that. It can be personal. It, everything is going to come down to how you manage those situations though. Um, so, so when you look around what Titan digital is today and what you've made it today from the field depot guy that was hustling on a satellite phone to where you sat across from me today, um, do you feel like it was all worth it? Um, at times, yes. And sometimes <laughs> I want, and, and sometimes I wonder, you know, it's, but when I feel like it was all worth it is, you know, I look at things like personal growth, okay? I am much further along, and I ask myself all the time if, you know, I had to do my life over, you know, would I go through it again? Because, I mean, you know, in personal situations, you know, like I say the military, I've been in much harder situations than I've been in, in business. You know, business has had its own challenges, too, and they're different. You know, they're not, not going to be the same. So you say, well, you know, is it worth it? Yes. Now ask me the same question a year from now, and I might say no, but I might say totally, you know, hell yeah, it was totally, you know, because it kind of depends. When you're owning a business, the journey only ends when you decide it ends, whether you shut down, whether you sell out, whether, you know, like, you know, you die at your desk or something, you know, there's a point where it ends up that it stops for that journey. You decide to move on to something else. Some people, they sell their business off and they move on to something else and they say it was totally worth it, but they also knew when to leave, you know, and decide they wanted something new, a new challenge and stuff. So, you know, I'm a believer that if you're going to stick to what you're doing, um, you will burn out unless you can reinvent what you do. If you can push your business to be in a place where it can kind of take care of itself so you can try new things. Yeah, because I'm not one that I can't do the same thing over and over forever. I need to be able to try new things, but it doesn't mean you have to go for a whole new career. You just may need to do some reinvention on your own role in things and maybe a little bit of where your business is going. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a believer that, you know, sometimes you've got to pivot in business. It doesn't mean you have to give it up, but you might need to change. Well, that brings me to my next to the last question for you is what's next? What's next for you and Titan Digital? Uh, you, you've got this history so far up till now. What what does that next year look like when we check back in and I ask you if it's worth it? Well, see, that that's what I'm 
I'm really stoked about now. So in the case of the business, you know, we've grown to the point where, you know, we've got like 30 people working here and we're spread out in different places. Um, and I don't have to, like I needed the reinvention myself because I don't have to deal with the day-to-day -day affairs. That's where I burned out, you know, because people do, okay? Whether it's an issue with a, you know, a client or an employee or something, there's certain things that you just get tired of dealing with. You know, you kind of feel like you're on the hamster wheel and, you know, no matter what, same thing comes up and it just happens again. And it's like, yeah, I dealt with this last year, the year before, the year before, the year, you know, so, I needed to reinvent things and we've gone ahead and, you know, we've started to do that where, you know, and the thing that I like, okay, because personally, I've done a lot of speaking events, I've done podcasts, I've done, you know, like one-on-one -on -one coaching and stuff. I've done a number of things and I like teaching. So we're in the, in the middle of doing a little bit of that reinvention that can tap in and give me fulfillment in a sense um, and hopefully others, but tap into the teaching side. You know, like I wanted to be a professor or something and I've thought about doing a little bit of, you know, side being an adjunct professor at a university, teach business and stuff. It's not, I like imparting the knowledge, but I also like, um, I feel like, like I say, it kind of reinvigorates. I like giving back and whatnot, you know, but being able to share everything that's been, you know, that I've absorbed over, you know, so many years, yeah, it's not like I'm some guru or anything, but I feel like I've got something that's worth sharing. Um, so we're going the route of helping other agencies doing white label, you know, work for others. And, you know, the agencies that we're trying to help are ones where I was 10 years ago. You know, they're getting their start. And if I can help them, because I don't see it as a competitive thing, if I can help them, um, with some a coaching aspect and then also provide services to them to help their clients that they might not otherwise be able to provide the client that's a win-win for both i help them you know grow some and yet we get you know revenue from it because we're working for them yeah i say and then you know, we're doing a pot, you know, podcast where I'm able to talk to other agency owners, the marketing masters podcast. That is great. Yeah. You know, because we're talking to, you know, I'm having one-on-one -on -one conversations with other agency owners and I'm seeing what, you know, they're dealing with, you know, we're talking about a marketing subject, but I'm, you know, when I'm being first introduced to them, I get to learn about them. And if there's a fit, if there's something we can help them with, great. If they're freaking killing it, wonderful. Yeah, but I think that's for us. We can build up that white label and education side because we're also doing courses for, you know, what's going to be uh, on Udemy and uh, Skillshare and other places has a way to train other agency owners. So I really like taking what is an accumulation of over a decade of knowledge of how we've gotten where we are and being able to share that with others. We can benefit as a company from doing it. So it has a sales aspect to it, but... You know, so financially we'll benefit, but also, you know, the chance to help others that taps in and, you know, feeds the need that, you know, the educator side of me. That's fair. Um, so let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you for coming on and telling us a little bit of the personal side. The last question I would have for you is out of your 30 employees, who's your favorite? Ooh, who's my favorite? I don't know. We've got this, you know, guy down. I love my creative director, Juan. 
you know, he's like wonderful, but probably Geo, our our account manager, um, he's got to be tops because, you know, um, he likes fruit beer and so do I. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to give it to Geo. You know, he's definitely become Go one Gio, of my favorites. Yeah, totally. This yeah, Got this other guy, Ryan, I'm not so sure about, but, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, well, so. everybody, uh, check out either one of our podcasts. You're on Small Business Chronicles right now. You can flip over to the channel on all podcast sites. Uh, we've got it listed on Spotify, Apple, all the sites. Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Uh, as you can tell, Cash has a lot of, of advice and a lot of insight because it's it's like he said, it's he's self-taught. And I feel that when you go and self-teach, the, the real payoff is that is when you get in a position of having a company with 30 employees, you've taught yourself rather well. And that's where the knowledge base uh, comes from. Uh, so how do we get a hold of you, Cash? Well, I can be you know, reached by email, cash at titandigital.com. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. There's not too many people named Cash, so it's pretty easy. You know, last name's Miller, so do a search. You'll, I'm sure you'll find me, and uh, you know, feel free to connect. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until the next episode, we will see you then on Small Business Chronicles.